0: Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland Review Show. We really are spoiling you this week with two shows in 24 hours for the second week running. And if you are looking for the preview show for this weekend's game against Watford, that was released earlier this morning and is available via all of the usual channels. Um, but if you hate a bask in the glory of an excellent 3-0 win over Redden, then you've 100% came to the right place. Um, as always, the lads have got together, a nice happy panel of guests as always. Um, first and foremost, it'll be Brad Sharp joining me. Brad, how are you? Are you okay?
1: Can't wait to talk about this one actually.
0: Um it's got
1: me in a very good mood for for a Thursday.
0: Yeah. I mean we wouldn't we, we don't normally do the midweeks because we're all very busy, but it kind of felt like a real missed opportunity if we didn't do this one. But um like I say, full house. Second of all, it is Dave Lawrence. Dave, how are you?
2: Yes, very well, thanks, mate. I was uh I, the joys of living in the southwest. I actually went to the game last night and I was uh what made it even more sweet was I was sat with, a, with an ex-Redding player who beat our record for 105 points in the championship. So, yeah, it was quite nice to get one over on him.
0: I really panicked there when he said I was sitting with an ex, and I was, until he said Redding, I was just like, right, right, what happened? But then, fair enough. Um, last but not least, uh, this week's new, this year's new edition, even sorry, uh, Ross Black. Ross, how are you doing? Are you okay? How you doing, mate? Hi, just
3: chuffed a bit. Great coming into work. After watching that, and even people who like don't even watch football, and mention football, me like, oh, that third goal last night was class one. I was like, yes, the false nine FC are oh, flying.
0: But Ross, I'll, I'll I'll stick with you, um, since I brought you in last. But um, we'll get straight to it. Tony Mowbray's second three 3-0 win in two games, and probably undoubtedly our best performance of the season. Um, we'll speak speaking the morning afterwards, like how impressed were you by the performance? Brilliant. Um, the way we
3: dictated the play and held on possession, even when we had striker on the pitch and without striker on the pitch, it was brilliant. Um, he's always been known for being attacking, having possession football, even back from his days at West Brom. But I feel like it really showed what we've been working on in the training pitch. And Corey Evans, Pritchard, and Dan Neal in the middle just dictated play. And it, it just made the, the wing player look even better when they were given that freedom to just go ahead and you look at Clark, he's played three games under Mowbray now, Rotherham, Borough and Redden. The Borough game, it didn't really work for him, but he never stopped and he kept going. Yet he's now scored two goals in both uh, like both wins under Mowbray, which I think is huge it was a part of his game. He needed to add. And um, the fact that he's scored two goals now, and I think how many assists he got this season, he's really starting to step up the plate and,
0: to see the mini messy Paddy Roberts back in the frame doing what he does best, just was brilliant. I was, do um, you know what the game reminded me of a little bit? Do you remember years ago? This is really probably showing my age here, um, but when we beat Wigan, and like all of our strikers just got injured, like every single one of them. I remember like we sold Darren Bent, um, or Darren Bent had left and chased the money, and then I think Welbeck was like a bit knackered now and again, and injury prone, which has kind of followed him throughout his career. And he was coming back and it was him and Jan and we were crying out that we we'll needed to sign a, a centre forward just in case someone got injured. And then um, it was well bet they went down first with a hamstring injury. And I specifically remember Asmojan like sprinting through, clean through and goal. And he just done his hamstring and the entire stadium went, oh, but then we just went and scored four goals and put like Sesson Montari and Jordan Henderson up front. And it was... Um, I don't know whether it's going to work all the time, but it's really good when it does. Um, Dave, it sort of Ross there mentioned um, Jack Clark. I don't want to come so early into it, but it's really hard not to. Obviously, you were there when you seen the entire move, but that third goal from Jack Clark is probably one of our all-time best, if you're talking team goals. It was unbelievable. Watching it just on the TV, I was incredibly proud seeing it, and it was like, oh, how proud were you just watching that goal, Dave, and, and how good is it in the context of something that's history it was such a good goal
2: yeah um it's not something you really even going back to the Phillips and Quinn era um for as good as it was it's not really something you associate with with us as a club as a playing style as a philosophy um dare I say it the whole um, I saw someone ex-professional or someone from the media tweet ticky tacker at its best and it's just like it's kind of well, yeah. It's not normally a phrase that you would associate. The one thing that was, and I think me and you were quite, quite vocal in our not wanting Tony Mowbray, um to to come along. Um, I, I'd said in the group last night. I've kind of I'm eating me words, and and you've you've definitely been an advocate for for as long as we've been doing this. That when we give an opinion and it's wrong. Ultimately, it's brilliant because <laughs> it means we're being proved wrong, which means in turn, sullivan has been successful. Um, the one thing that gave me hope with Tony Mowbray, even though I was quite negative about it and seeing it as a short-sighted appointment and stuff like that, was I genuinely believe we have quite an array of attacking and talent. And I think that came to the fore last night. One thing I will say, Reading were absolutely woeful. I mean... There is as a as a football fan to s- sit there and see your team half press the way that they did last night was just embarrassing. So yeah, but one thing that was said in the commentary on Sky was the decision making, the first touch, the second touch, the pass, the weight of the pass, all of it was perfect. And you can't take that away from Sunland based on the fact that Redden were half-assed and they're chasing down with the ball. So yeah, absolutely unbelievable. I think. The, I think the quote above it is something like eight players, eight different players, maximum of two touches, ball in the back of the net. I don't think you would ask for any more as a football fan, if I'm honest.
0: It was in 20 seconds as well. We, we pulled that move off in 20 seconds. And I think, like I said, going back to what we said before, we're not just like being biased and saying how good the goal was. There's legitimate people coming out who would never normally watch Sullivan versus Redden and saying... That was unbelievable. Um, and it was. Uh, honestly, it's one, that, one, one of those goals that I think we'll, we'll play for a long, long time. Brad, I, I really don't want to move on from that goal. Um, I think we need to concentrate on that a little bit more. Um, how good was it, Brad? And, and how good is it in the context of great Sunderland goals? Like It's it's up there, isn't it? It's just the context
1: of great Sunderland goals. People have been saying, if you see that, with Man City, Barcelona's etc., etc., that's been played over and over on Sky Sports today Or how good it was. Um so in the context of football, it's a hell of a goal, but it's probably it, it is the best team goal I've ever seen to score. Um, it was fantastic. Um, I was the same as a lot of people when Sims went off or how we want to cope. And we went and banged three unbelievable goals in. Um I'm all for this new formation of three seven. I think it's brilliant. Um and what's what's quite good, what's quite good as well is Yesterday, at one point on the in the game, we had eight midfielders on the pitch and we were just playing like we, like, they were naturals anywhere they were playing. It was brilliant. But, yeah, that goal, it's just how quick it starts in the back from Pato. And then it's one pass, one 9 into Evans, back to Goode, and it's just down the line and it's away. But that little intricate play between the three of them in the middle of the park was just, wow. Absolutely, like wow. <laughs> um, there's no other words you can really use to describe it Um, and the ball in from Dan Neal as well that's inch perfect like he couldn't have put that in a better place and then the first touch and the finish and it's even better that that goes in front of all the fans because you're just seeing the whole team celebrating with the fans and it was yeah I I, I think I must have I think it's been retweeted so many times and I must be responsible for half of them and half the views that's been on Twitter regardless of it's Sky Sports tweeting at Sunderland another random page I'm, I'm just sitting watching it over and over I was at work last night and uh, it was my last shift in this and I worked with some Geordies and I was showing them and even they were like Jesus that's unbelievable so if you're getting credit from that lot you know it's a good goal because I'm certain if it was Newcastle I'd say "Ah, right the lad who's flicked it's mis- misplaced his passport you know if they're giving you credit um, you know you're doing something
0: right don't you is there is any Newcastle fans listening, you can stick your credit right up your arse. Um, Don't want it, don't like it. But anyway, um, Ross, obviously you're an advocate of Patrick Roberts. I'm an advocate of Patrick Roberts. I think we all love a bit of Patrick Roberts, if I'm completely honest. He's one of those players where I think it does get you off your feet. But I think it would be fair to say it probably not been the start of the season that he wanted up until sort of the past couple of weeks. He's, he's not started a game really in the league. Um, but he came roaring back into the side last night with two really excellent goals. I think both of them showcased Patrick Roberts at his best. Um, I really like uh, Grandad Tony saying that we've got to keep loving him. Um, and to be honest, I, I love Grandad Tony as well at the minute. Um, but on a serious note, I think that's massive. I think the fact that he seemed to understand probably our most talented player, whether we like it or not, it's between him and Jack Clark and maybe Pritchard in terms of genuine natural talent said, I need to keep loving him. And he's putting in that performance yesterday. Like when he's running in on goal, you don't doubt that where that goal's going. But how big of a moment could, could that be for Patrick Roberts in his career? Because it feels like that was the Patrick Roberts that he's threatened to be for about four or five years at numerous different clubs. And obviously he looks like he's full of confidence. The little sticky out tongue and that when he scored was kind of like, look what I can do. And I think if you get Patrick Roberts flying, we know and, and Tony Moby knows that could be massive. But, but how big could that game be in those moments be for him, Ross?
3: I'm massive, like Mowbray spoken all week about how good Patrick Roberts is, which was very interesting because I feel like he's probably been the forgotten man at the start of the season due to the system we played. Um, and to the detriment of the shape, obviously losing the strikers has then created an opportunity. For, and That's why it's a squad game and that's why we needed players on the bench to come and make impacts. And I think it was a bit unlucky at Middlesbrough that he got thrust into a system that Really didn't suit him, um, in my opinion. And then he's had it was his first full night. He looked a bit leggy, I think, after about sixty minutes when he got took off. But you hear Mowbray speaking about how talented he is, how he's spoke the people from City and Celtics, and you've got an absolute gem on your hands there. And the one thing we were told about Mowbray he's a good man manager. So he's probably put an arm around him and said, "Look, I know how good you are. I believe in you. Go show us what you can do." And the first finish is absolutely brilliant how he just uses the centre-half to bend it around in the bottom post. And then the composure and the second goal, that poor centre-half is still slight. It reminds us, of maybe, remember the Saul Campbell sliding tackle for England where he just kept going? I thought their centre-half was just going to keep going all the way. It was brilliant. Put him, like I say, put him on his backside and he was in. So two quality finishes. But his, his overall play, like, he just glides. But when he's on his game, he just glides around the pitch. He's deceivingly quick as well. Like he doesn't look quick. He doesn't look like a like Clark looks quick when he runs at you. Roberts, like you say, is just like a steady glide, but the ball sticks to him. And if we've got him, Pritchard, Clark, all playing well, and Dan Neal as well, all these gifted technical players who can create and score goals. They say he needs sad goals and he needs sad assists his games. That was mentioned by Mowbray too. If they can add that, and they've done it he's done it before at Celtic, so he's done it at a good level. He's done it in European competitions for Celtic. And he's done it in the championship before. So if we can get more consistency out of him, he's at a place now where even he said when he signed the deal in the summer, he feels like it's a place he can push on and be at home. Then we've got a fantastic player. And by default, due to injuries, he's gonna get a really long run on the team now. And
0: if he can perform at that consistent level, he's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I really like him. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I wasn't sure at first. I thought he was going to be like one of those players that hangs onto the ball too long and gets annoyingly losing possession. But you're right in what you say when he, was like, when he runs at defenders, he's so fast. He's quite strong considering he's only about two foot four as well. Like he he, he can hold off his his fullbacks now. And, and you can see fullbacks are terrified of him. Um, and you've seen both times you got the ball last night and those points last season um, when he started getting his confidence up, like when he started getting in the team properly. You can see fullbacks don't want to face him because he just glides. Like you see, he's really, really pacey. He's really tricky. And you don't quite know what he's going to do, even when it looks really obvious. Like it looked obvious that like he was going to put the ball in the bottom corner for like both of them. But you still weren't quite sure if that's what he was going to do or was he going to cut in and your full-back must be tied in knots. But I'm writing down questions and things to discuss here. And it was like player after player was just coming up. So if I've missed anyone out, I'm dead sorry. You were all brilliant. I think Daniel was superb. I think Danny Bart is just... By the by, just class, clean sheet for Pato again, which is massive for him. Um, but one player I did want to focus on, and I'm going to come to Dave for this one because Dave, um, maybe it's a cliche, but I think when people are at the game, you've always got the best view. That's my opinion. Um, and Aji Alessi was brought in yesterday was Bailey Wright ruled out. I think rumors that he's, his partner might have been going into labour or something. If so, good day, mate. I um, hope everything's all right. If you're listening, um, but Aji Alessi came in, obviously was circum injured as well. He looked really shaky against Sheffield, and I was a bit like, "Oh, I don't know what this kid's like." But just goes to show again, sometimes you are just wrong with stuff because last night he seemed to really showcase what we brought him in for. On last night's evidence, sort of watching Alessi, Dave, how comfortable do you feel with with him playing sort of more than game, more than just the the um, next couple of games?
2: He'll he'll have tougher challenges than he had last night. Um, I personally think Paul Ince has probably sacked about three of, his, uh, three of his investigation team last night because I think personally, if you watch the first 10 minutes of the game, they've deliberately let Alessi have the ball and they've thought, oh, he's young, he's experienced, we'll let him make the mistakes and then we'll play off that and he did work the opposite way, giving him so much time on the ball, letting him walk out with the ball, letting him jog into midfield with the ball, just built his confidence, and he just went, and he went, and he went, and in the end, I mean, in one point, second half, if I'm not mistaken, he's pulled the trigger from the edge of the box, and I'm like, please, just hit the top corner. To be fair, it was a daisy cutter, and it's gone straight to the keeper, but to see you said, I mean, we, we Glenn, who I was with, he was like, I don't understand it. This first five minutes, we're sitting off so much, you think we had 10 men. And I'm like, I I, can't, I thought last night, and the goals have pretty much come from the way that I thought we would score against Redden last night. I thought we'd hit them on the counter-attack, and we have, but we've dominated the possession as well, which is, is surreal. I expect Redden to come and have a good go of us. They, they've won four out of four at home. They've scored an average of two goals at home. I really thought they'd come and have a right pop at us having nine days off. There was probably an extra couple of thousand fans there. I just thought, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a tough first half an hour. And actually, it wasn't. We just, we were composed. The one thing that I really liked was, and probably a slight difference from from Alex Neal, we were comfortable in controlling the ball in areas of the pitch last night. Whereas before, we'd have possibly forced the ball. If the ball came into Pritchard, he had someone tight. He just went back to the centre-half. Instead of going for that Hollywood, don't get me wrong, we tried it three or four times, but instead of that Hollywood 45-yard Hollywood ball across the pitch, we just kept possession, waiting for the gaps. We, and that's the way we're going to have to play with our centre-forward because it's going to be pointless putting the ball down the side for Pritchard to chase or going long for Pritchard to try and flick something on. It's just not going to happen. All the same for Roberts or Clark or anything like that. Um, but Ajay uh, Alesi was, he just grew into it. And then I, I thought to myself, oh, when he picked up that yellow card for time wasting quite early in the second half, I thought, oh, yeah, that's. And to be fair, he played it perfectly as if he'd been playing professional football for the previous 10 years. Pressure was probably off by then because of the way the game had gone. But yeah, athletic, strong challenges in the air, might not win everything, but the fact that when he jumps for the ball, he jumps with purpose. Even if he's not going to win the header, he's there. He's letting the centre forward know that he's there. So, yeah, uh, long may that continue. Be a very interesting game on Saturday against Watford because Watford are quite physical. They're quite old school. They're a bit more, you know, in your face. And listen, in terms of men in the team, I think when you look at at last night, and, and Brad already alluded to eight midfielders on the pitch, realistically, in terms of a big physical battle, there's probably only Danny Bart you'd want in the heat of that. So it's going to be interesting to see on Saturday for the first 10 minutes we can get the ball down and, and play as if we're playing at home almost. But um, yeah, I, I think Alessi was good, strong, physical, tidy on the ball. Yeah, you've got to remember all these guys are, are average age of probably 21, 22. Tony Mowbray hit the nail on the head. We're, we're going to have bad days at the office. But listen, my old man yesterday kept saying in the car on the way back, he's going, Well, I don't think, um, I don't, I don't think that we're, oh, if we play like that, we're not going to go down. And I'm like, wait a like, I'm not having that We have competed in every game we've played in this season. And let's be honest, we've had a few injuries, a few major injuries as well, or people missing or unavailable. I said at the beginning of the season, 10th and maybe even a little flirt with the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be too far away, if I'm honest.
0: I think we're not just on the verge of, you know, flirting with the playoffs. I think we're having a bit of a, I think we're closing on the snog, me. Yeah. Um, just hope we get first based whatever that is you know i wouldn't know about those things um i'm not gonna lie with you dave i barely listened to anything you just said there because all that i could think about was the fact that you called paul ince's scouting team or analysis team the investigation team <laughs> so i was just like what's an investigation team oh he means analysis got you um uh, but yes investigation team couldn't uh, think
2: of the word so i just went well let's be honest they should be in jail for how shit they were last night so yeah they're investigators yeah. now
0: I don't, I, don't, I don't imagine all of paul into his team with like little curly mustaches in glasses like sherlock holmes man but oh god don't say we don't entertain you on this show um brad this is the guy that me and you both like a lot um for some reason, occasionally he's more might with people, but I think even me and you thought maybe he'd struggle a little bit in the championship um, because the first couple of games, he didn't quite look right. He was maybe at fault a little bit for, um, I think it was Jock Arrestes goal for Coventry and stuff. But we also said, we said, look, you know, we've got confidence that if there's anyone in the squad that's going to work hard and try and eradicate these errors and, you know, perform admirably and, and, and admirably, sorry, and at least have a bit of a go, it, it's Lugo 9. He's been one of our best players this season at centre half. Um, a, how class is he? How great is he? How much should Luke Ronayne always be loved by everyone? And second of all, how much is it time for us just to accept that he's actually centre half?
1: He can do no wrong for me. <laughs> we did say like he had a couple of bad games. I think it was when he was the pod where it was just me and you. But the thing with Luke Ronayne, he'll go away and he will. He'll, and he's his, big, his own biggest, biggest critic and you've seen that in the Netflix documentary like he was slating himself and he knew he wasn't good enough but he came back in that season and was brilliant and he's doing it yet again yes he's got his critics when everyone's slating him he knows he's had a bad game he doesn't need everyone again on and tell him but what he is doing he bounces back and he, he's since he's been moved to centre half he's just been I don't think he's dipped below 7 has he I can't recall a game where he's dipped below at least a seven. He's been in the eight sometimes. Um, centre half is his position, or a fullback if we revert to a four. There's no getting away from that. He can say that he wants to play midfield. That's fine. I want to play for someone, but that ain't going to happen. It's he's a centre half. The fans love him at centre half. He's got to stay there. Um, and I mean, if the if the three lads who are playing centre half currently keep up that form from last night and in particular uh, Alessi um, when Serkin's fit again when Bailey Wright's back in contention um, and Dan Ballard they have to come and get the shirt back off them lads, these lads what what, what you've always said is you have to bide your time if if you're not starting and your opportunity will come it's up to you to take it now the worst thing you can do is not take them, these lads will just walk straight back into the team because you know you've had a bad spell, the fact that when these are coming back into contention over the rest of the course of the season, I'll put it out there. Who do you drop, based on last night? Who do you drop to bring someone back in? You, you can't just say, oh, certain has been brilliant the first eight games of the season, unless he's only done one. But that was a dominant performance. So he's got to stay in this team for me. Down to them now to work hard. And that's all we want to see is competition. Because that means the team are doing well. It's the fact if someone was to walk straight back in the side is a worry because... The team haven't been performing or someone hasn't been performing, they're just they're just slotting in. But even like Ballard with the natural one to come back in for 09. But he, he just can't at the minute because you can't drop him. So back to to Luke, like we were saying, like I think everything about him is a model professional. He does not he hasn't got the most ability in the world as a footballer. But I think for any young kid looking wanting to become a footballer, that they're parents should be saying to him, watch Luke go nine and watch what he does, watch what he's all about, and just his attitude, because it's, it's phenomenal. His attitude is one of the best I've ever seen from a Sunderland player.
0: I, I think he's great, and, and I think I agree with you, on nine, I think, you know, in terms of abilities, um, he's not maybe the most talented in the squad and it's a real talented squad so it's not like a, a, a bad thing but what he does do is he, he maximizes his um oh god it's not like Lee Johnson um he maximises... How, how do I make the sound uh he's got a very he maximizes his USP is it USP um unique selling point oh geez man I kind of believe I've gone in Johnson mode. Um he's done all right he's done quite well it's basically what I'm saying is he I think he does maximize the the good stuff he's got and the stuff that he's bad at he works hard to make sure he's not too bad at it and don't get me wrong like i think he's a little bit at fault for the goal at borough along with gucci and stuff like that but what's that one mistake since he's been in the unnatural position of center half for me he's a right-sided center back or a right back 100 and i think i think he's an asset in those positions as well um people are not going to like it that we have a negative in here but there is one glare and one ross um we always have a negative because you have to have that just for balance and there's only really one we can pick out, which is a massive, massive positive in some ways. Um, we've lost Roscoe, um, which I'm so sad about. because uh, I love Ross Stewart more than anything on this planet, um, apart from a cat, maybe. Um, Sims went off yesterday. as it stands, we don't know what the situation is. Um, whether it's a broken tour, bruised tour. I, I assume it's not gonna be as bad as I think, but it might keep him out Saturday. It worked yesterday, but look, obviously, we can't expect a young team to continue to play without a recognized striker and pull off three no wins all the time. I'd love that to be the case, but it's not going to happen. Um, The team's not going to do that with a striker, let alone without one. So, how concerned are you by basically a Sims's potential injury, Ross's injury on top of that, and the fact that maybe we're going to have a few games without any recognized strikers?
3: Yeah, it is worrying. Like you mentioned, we're going to Watford on Saturday. Watford are going to be much tougher to keep a hold of the ball like we did last night, where if we can keep a hold of possession like we did last night against a team that isn't very good at pressing. Fair enough, but against Watford, I think they'll squeeze us into areas. They'll know now that we haven't gone out and out forward. So we want to hope that it isn't long-term because we've got the international break after Watford. So even if it is just a week or two about Sims and then he's back after the internationals, I think that'll be good. It's worth pointing out as well, obviously with Waxley at the level how we played. I Sims was playing very well up top on his own. He was putting himself about more and he got he got in front of the defender once and then he sprinted beside them and he was burning them for pace and he was really good. He looked a real threat and uh, he had a shot block that went for a corner and then he got injured straight after so he just started to really get in the game. And he was doing stuff more last night than what he was at Borough when he was up there on his own. So you can clearly tell that Mowbray and the, the staff are working with him and he's taking it in and he's improving it. So we've just got to really hope that... Um, It's not long-term. If it is, we are going to have issues because there's games where we're going to need a focal point, a physical focal point for the way we play in this league. And we won't have it. The only good thing I would say is Amad Diallo came on and seemed to play as the most... It wasn't a nine, but he was the most forward player. And he linked up really well with Clark and Benetti when he came on. Or Bennett, I don't know, not sure how to say that, but he and he—you he looked at the—I'm a bit—I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to stats. He had the the second highest expected assists, and he was only on the pitch for like twenty minutes or something. So I think he—if he, we are going to be short on a forward and we're going to play a false nine, I think he could play that role as a false nine more than maybe what Pritchard can if we're really struggling to get the ball up top against two absolute brute centre-halves, or three brute centre-halves, which is expected in this league. But it's a worry. Let's hope it's not too bad, because for all, Simms probably has had quite a couple of weeks by the standard that he set at the start of the season. He's still a forward that's going to put his cell about. He's very physical. He's quick. And I had no doubt in my mind that playing the style that we have been under Mowbray in the Rotherham game, and last night he will score goals. So let's hope it's just a, a bruised tour rather than a broken tour. And we can have them back after the international break.
0: Force nines, CDMs, USPs. Expected goals. What have we turned into, boys? Investigators. <laughs> Investigators, yeah. I think this needs to investigate the fact that we've said CDMs and false nines and, and XG. Um, Dave, I'm gonna leave you the last word because you're the you're the one that's on this cycle. You're the you're next for me to ask. Um, I think it's a tough ask heading to Watford at the weekend. I did predict a defeat on the preview show, but that was before the midweek games. Watford players are um, arguing with the fans in the crowd, as Daniel Backman was arguing with the fans in the crowd and trying to like calm them down. While I was a uh, sort of more or less jumping in the crowd after scoring like absolute worldly goals. Is this the perfect time to play Watford, Dave, or is it a dangerous time to play them?
2: Very easy take. Team talk, isn't it? Very easy. Just, you know, silence the home crowd, play your football, be confident, try and get on the front foot. You know, them their gaffer's under pressure. I mean, probably the wrong phrase, to be fair, but I've used a few wrong phrases this morning already. Just go and finish them off. Finish their gaffer off. <laughs> do it however you want to do, but get him the sack.
0: Metaphorically for the record. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I don't advocate any kind of rude behaviour whatsoever. Um, yeah, listen, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. It's, I think we said at the beginning of the season, all four of us, uh, that it was going to be a bit of a roller coaster this year. And the highs are going to be very high, as I think we've experienced last night the laws aren't going to be too bad because we're not going to get relegated because we're absolutely fucking massive. So it's as simple as that. Um, Just enjoy it. Let's hope, let's hope that we, we managed to, it'd be lovely to go, go (laughs) one. I mean, I've got nothing for that. Absolutely nothing for that. Um, considering you're not editing this, this is going to be really interesting that people are like, what's he on about? It's even more, on?
0: even more interesting that people don't have the video element of this, which is tremendous. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, it would be lovely to get an early goal, first 15, 20 minutes and see where we go. I think if we get ourselves ahead, what for fans are probably turn on their own. Hey, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all seen that before. Um, but yeah, I'm just enjoying it. I'm looking forward to a game of football. Looking forward to not playing against AFC Wimbledon. No offence, guys. I'm sure you're all lovely people. But, yeah, can't wait. Let's, let's hope for another positive performance. I don't think the result means too much. Just a positive performance and stepping in the right direction. That'll make yeah. me happy, I think.
0: I think just re- remaining in the game, I think our worst performance this season has been Borough, followed by the best probably yesterday. And then I think Wotherham was up there as well. But the one thing you can say, even in our worst performance, we were we were never out the game. And I think we all just said, let's just show we're competitive and we've done that. Um, so hopefully we can take the uh, the buzz out of the Hornets. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know, I know journalists by trade, I know, horrendous. Um, but we weren't going to do this. I'm pleased we did. It's been um a bit daft, a bit fun, but that's probably because we're happy, and that's always the best stuff. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it as well. And people keep telling me to do this. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. I think is what it is. Um, but if you don't, it's all right. I don't really care. Um, but honestly, class, it's great doing podcasts when someone's winning. It's great doing podcasts in general, but it's even better when we're winning games of football and and you kind of like the players and you you can connect to them. But Brad, Ross, Dave, thanks for popping on for an unexpected podcast and uh, onwards and uh, upwards on, on Saturday. Pleasure, mate. Cheers, mate.
2: Loved it.
0: Cheers, buddy. I'm going to because you were too delayed.